Thank you, Lord, for moving in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for quickening bodies, Lord God, for restoring every soul. Father, we thank you for that you are the quickener. You are the glory and the lifter up of every head. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to give us life and to give us life in abundance to the full until it overflows. We glorify you today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, perhaps you've heard about uh, the pastor. He had preached a message and he went out in the lobby, kind of like we do a lot of times after service. And he saw a person and, uh, you know, he said, Sir, he said, Have you joined the army of the Lord yet? And he says, I'm already in. He says, Well, it's funny. He says, I've only. I only see you once in a while. I only see you on Christmas. And I only see you on Easter. He says, well, I'm in the secret secret service. (laughs) We don't have any secret service folks here today. Amen. Praise the Lord. It just seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to those that I confer with, those that are close to me. It just seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to go ahead and have one service right on through January 7th. And as we looked about it and talked about it and prayed about it, it just seems right to extend that through the month of January. So through the month of January, we're going to be having 10 a.m. service, one service only on Sunday morning. And then I'll be honest with you, I'm praying about keeping it that way for a period of time. You know, in a church, there are seasons and there are phases. And we've discovered that throughout the years, haven't we, P.T.? You know, it's kind of like at Costco when you go shop, you know, they have different seasons and people get used to that. And so uh, you just pray and you believe God. I believe that we'll know a lot more by mid-January, but I just feel like it's time for us to, uh, to just shore up some things in the church to shore up several departments and and get more people on board with us so that we can just continue to flow and have ourselves a great time here in church. Amen? Amen. And so I want to invite you to be a volunteer in the day of the power of God. Be praying with us about these things, and we thank you for it. Let's pray and get into the Word this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we have together. And I ask you, sir, to give me utterance to speak to these precious people this morning, your people, your sheep. Lord, I thank you for ministering to us. And I pray the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light and our spirits would be strengthened today. We give you praise and glory for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 14. I'm talking to you about how to have a healthy, prosperous Christmas or holiday. And one of the things we're going to be talking about is peace for the holiday or for the Christmas pace. Everyone say peace Peace. for the pace. And how to have a carefree Christmas. In Luke chapter 2... In verse uh, 13, it says, And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, and they were saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, or God's will toward men. So at his birth, the angels declared peace on earth, or on earth peace. 
Now you and I know that in the natural realm, peace does not come from this earth. Peace does not come from this world system. In the natural realm, there is no peace on earth. Have you noticed in the last decade or so that the newscasters and all the cable things are just off the chain? You know, it used to be news at 6 and 11. But now they've got to, you know, satisfy their sponsors and they've got to fill their time. So there's a lot of words being spoken over the news, really, that shouldn't be spoken. You know, the book of Proverbs says, In the multitude of many words there wanteth not sin. What that means, when people just babble and babble and babble, guess what? Sin knocks at the door. Amen? And so I don't want to knock any specific one, but CNN could be known as the constant negative news network. (laughs) But if you just kind of look at what's going on in the world, broken lives, broken families, homelessness, human trafficking... Terrorism, wars, rumors of wars, grief-stricken people, abortion. I think that's enough to paint the picture. Peace does not grow here. Peace was imported. And you and I need to be containers of this peace. It is the peace that came from heaven that gives you and I peace on earth. You know... In 1863, the poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he wrote a song, I wrote a poem um, about the Christmas bells. And this was during the time of the Civil War. And the song tells of the narrator's despair upon hearing Christmas bells. One of the words that in the poem says, the hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. The carol concludes, however, with the bells carrying renewed hope for peace among men. And I read, There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead and he does not sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace in you must get the message through. Peace in earthen vessels, just like you and just like me, can spread through us. For what purpose, Pastor? To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide them toward the path of peace. The world's hope today is only found in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And in Isaiah 9 and verse 6, I want us to read it together as we pull it up over there. And if we can't, I'll read it to you. It says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Aren't you glad? And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now keep that up there just for a second. Notice that phrase, Prince of Peace. 
That word peace is shalom. It means wholeness. The message translation really got it right when the message translation says that he is the prince of wholeness. Whatever may be broken in your life, whatever trial that you may be going through, however the circumstances look, the Prince of Peace is in this place to restore and to bring wholeness back to our lives. Somebody shout, He is my Prince of Wholeness. And He lives in us. And like so many of the benefits that belong to us believers... We've got to make a choice to walk in that path of peace every day. Because how many of you know there's some serious peace robbers out there? It's strange to me how a season of peace can become for so many a season of panic. Peace for the holiday pace. Having a carefree Christmas. You're going to have to contend for it to walk in this peace. Because peace robbers like the clerk at the store who's having a bad day that's just not paying any attention to you. Or the waiter with an attitude. Give that waiter with an attitude a good tip. Amen? Amen. How about this? Line clutter at the grocery store. Or the word rude person on the phone. Oh, here you go. How about the relative who pushes your buttons every year at Thanksgiving or on Christmas Day? Just a thought. Perhaps you're in the living room and, you know, they start talking about politics or they start talking about this and that and they just push your buttons. Remember when you were little, you did this and you said that? Here's what you could do. Hmm. What's that wonderful smell coming from the kitchen? That, that, that must be mama's pecan pie. Or how about this? How about those warriors? Change the subject. Find some common ground. And if they won't stop, just walk away. In John chapter 14, notice with me, in verse 1, and I'm going to look at this from the Amplified, and I just want to look at part A of this verse. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be distressed or agitated. So you and I are the understood subject of that sentence. If I let my heart be troubled, it's nobody's fault but my own. And it goes the same thing for you. Now notice with me, in John 14, 27, and I think you're going to probably have to open your Bibles today because I think we're having some uh, technical difficulties, which is fine. But in John, the 14th chapter and the 27th verse, this is a, this is a great verse of Scripture. In John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. And then he goes on to say, My own peace. I now give... And bequeath to you. And by the way, this peace that I bequeath to you, it's not as the world gives, do I give unto you. Have you noticed that people with no peace try to fill that emptiness with relationships? They try to fill that emptiness by numbing themselves with drug or alcohol. 
Some people try to fill that emptiness with entertainment. I mean, they can play PlayStation, honey. Others try to fill that emptiness with pornography, different things. But the truth of the matter is, and I know this for myself, because I came out of darkness into light. But my true, true search for peace, my hunger for peace was really a hunger for God. And people don't realize that. And people don't know that. People all around us are searching. They're looking for the answer. And you and I, we have the answer. What's his name? Jesus. Come on, I can't hear you. What is his name? Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He's the son of the living God. He is the peace of God. He is the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He is Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You see, the world, it has substitutes for peace. <laughs> but we have peace because we had a substitute. We had a substitute. Through the great exchange, the chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Now the second part in John 14, 27 says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Here again, it's my responsibility. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful. See, whatever we permit will happen in our lives. So stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated, cowardly and unsettled. Say it with me. His peace peace enables me me not not to be troubled. So we know this. Just by virtue of living in a physical body and being human beings, pressures and cares are going to come. Thoughts of worry and thoughts of fear will come. But peace doesn't prevail over panic, problems, and pressures by ignoring them. I want you to get this. Peace and panic and pressures will never, ever prevail We will never overcome them by ignoring them. But in the midst of them, when we know the reality of God's word, when we know the reality that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, when we know the reality of the word of God is more real than the trial we're going through, we will make it through to the other side. Hallelujah. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is not the absence of pressure or stress. But this peace that Jesus came to give us, this peace that is already on the inside of you, it is a fruit of the Spirit. This peace that He came to give us is the presence of Jehovah Shalom in the presence of all those things we're going through. I heard the psalmist say, Yea, though I walk through the valley 
of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And then the Bible says, He prepares a table. That's right. Amen. How many of you are going to have a, a good table on December 24th and 25th? What about the rest of you? You're going to have a, a good table with good things. Now try not to get too carried away into food. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. You know, he does daily lotus with benefits. And one of the benefits is having a table full of good things. And not only that, but have you discovered in Psalms 103 that says, He satisfies your mouth? Amen. If He satisfies our mouth with good things, that must mean that our good, good Father supplies good things for us on our table. And I love what the psalmist said. He prepares a table before me. Now get the picture. He has prepared a table before you, not when you all get to heaven, but He has prepared a table before us in the very presence of our enemies. Amen. That means no matter what may be going on around you, what matter, no matter what circumstance you may face, God's table is set for you. And on His table is joy. And on His table is peace. And on His table is everything that you will ever need to make it through and be more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. Woo. The message translation says, He's prepared a six-course meal before us in the presence of our enemies. So pass the peace, please. Pass the joy, please. Brenda likens joy to great big jugs of joy on the table. Amen? And what happens when you drink in of the joy? The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Oh, hallelujah. So peace is not the absence of problems and pressures and panic. But peace is filled with the presence of God right there in the middle of it. Hallelujah. God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I love this verse of scripture in Psalms 46. And I'd like for you to look at verse 1. Psalms 46 in verse 1. To the chief musician, Pastor Tom and Kimberly, a song upon Michelle and Sabrina. Read the rest with me. God is our refuge and strength, a very. I just saw this on God's table is help. Now let's read it this way. God is my refuge. And you are my strength. A very present help. In what? In trouble. Now, that word trouble means this. It means pressure. It means restriction. So when it says that God is our refuge and strength, in that He is a very present help when pressure 
has come. And when we feel like we've been restricted, this means to you and me that we can count on His help to lift us up and to bless us and to comfort us and to be there with us. In Isaiah 57, man, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Isaiah 57, verse 15. Look at this in the message translation. This is so awesome. Here's a message from the high and towering God. Amen. The high and towering God. You know, the name of the Lord is our high tower. Who lives in Hayward. He lives in eternity. Whose name is holy. Now notice this. He said, I live in the high and holy places. Now stop right there. Thank God he's raised you up together and made you sit together with him in heavenly places. But he said, also with the low spirited. In other words, also with people that have been crushed and downtrodden by circumstance. Those that may be low-spirited or those that may be going through such a difficult time that they find themselves having a difficulty getting out of bed, discouraged, hopeless. God says, I am for the low-spirited. Not only that, but I am for the spirit crushed. And he says, here's what I do. And this is what he has done for me. And this is what he has done for hundreds of people here this morning. And what I do is I put new spirit in them. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith. The spirit of joy. Read the rest with me. And I get them up and on their feet again. Hallelujah. We serve a God who brings us up. We serve a God who will put us on our feet again. Paul said this. Paul said, I've been knocked down, but I'm never knocked out. How could he say that? Because the high and lofty one lifted him up and put him on his feet again. I have seen people that have yielded to sin and yielded to lust and temporarily have ruined their ministry for a year or so. But when they submitted themselves to the Most High God, I've seen the Most High God restore them and put them on their feet again. And now they serve large congregations for the glory of God. Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm not a minister. And yeah, I've yielded to this and I've yielded to that. Listen, friends, God is no respecter of persons. It's like Charles said, he lost some things. He lost his job. He lost his wife. But did you hear the testimony today? God set him on his feet again. I said, God set him on his feet again. And he will set you on your feet again. Because we serve a God that restores. Hallelujah. Not only will he set us on our feet again, but he literally has placed all things under our feet. I'm just here to tell you this morning that God is present. He is present in your reality. 
Now listen, and I know this to be true. Your reality is going to move you. Whatever may be happening to you or around you, or whatever may be going on in your family, your reality is going to move you. But it is up to you and it is up to me where we are moving toward. It's up to you where you move to. See, when life throws us a curve, we can move to fear, we can move to despondency, or we can go to the rock that is higher than I. Come on, somebody. We can go and draw near to Him, and He will literally draw near to us. That is the answer for whatever may be going on in your life. Don't you dare run from God. Run to God. Don't you move away from the Word. Don't you move away from God's people. Don't you move away from praise. But make sure you keep your garment of praise on. That you get your praise on every morning, every day. Make sure that you're in the Word. Make sure your sword is sharp. That your shield is up. That your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Make sure you got your helmet on. Make sure you're ready for war. Because there is a war. And the good news is we win. Hallelujah. I read the beginning of the book. I read the middle of the book. And I read the end of the book. And we win. Woo! Now thanks be unto God. Now Paul said, none of these things move me. But he wasn't saying that out of not drawing near to God. Because he is the same one who told us that as we move toward Him, He's going to move toward us. Amen. You know, when you move toward God, you'll pray. You'll seek His face. Oh, you will praise. If you get a bad report from a doctor, you had better praise. Amen. If you lose your job, you better praise. Don't go to the ones that are playing the violins and feeling sorry and have a sad song. Go to the ones that sing a new song. Go to the ones that sing unto the Lord and give Him praise. Amen. So where are you moving? Where are you going? Here's where I'm going. And I believe this is where you're going. We're going from glory to glory. We're going from strength to strength. We're going from faith to faith. And you and I, we are going from victory to victory. Somebody shout amen. Now in John 16 and in verse 33, from the Amplified Version. Oh, I sense freedom in this place. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things. So that in me you might have peace, perfect peace and confidence. In the world you're going to have some trouble. Trials, distress and frustrations. But be of good cheer, take courage and be confident, certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. Read the last part with me. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So let's just look at what he said. He says, in me, 
you have perfect peace. In the world, you got some trouble. But he said, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have deprived it of its power to hurt you. How many of you have ever been to Disneyland or Animal Kingdom or maybe, uh, what's that one, Hollywood Studios, whatever it is? Universal. Universal Studios. Sometimes they come up with scary rides. I think it was way back in the 80s when Jurassic Park just came out. I think we took the boys down there and went to Universal Studio, and all of a sudden there was T-Rex and all these ones just jumping out at you. Yeah. But we were safe and secure in our little ride. We knew that Universal Studios would never let anything harm us. Come on, somebody. How much more? The creator of the universe. He's not going to let anything hurt you. He's not going to let anything harm you. What he's saying to us this morning is, I will see you through. Look at your neighbor and say, he's seeing us through. He saw us through all the way through that ride at Universal Studios. And he will see you through all the way through your entire life. Now that doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble. That doesn't mean there's not going to be trials. But what that does mean is when God says, I will see you through. When God says, I've deprived it of its power to hurt you. That means that you and I can be undaunted. That means we do not have to be moved. And we don't have to yield to those things that try to bring us down. Say with me, I'm of good cheer this morning. For Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. Now here's what Psalms 46.10 says. Psalms 46.10 in the Amplified says, says it this way. How many of you know there's just some things that you need to let be? There's just some things you need to give to God and let be. Now the only way that you will be able to let be those things that need to be let be is by being still. Come on, somebody. He said, be still and what? Be still and just know this. I got you. Be still and know that I'm God. Now notice what the Amplified says. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Let be and be still and know and recognize and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted. This is just another way of saying, if you want to have a carefree Christmas, and if you want to have peace for the holiday pace, cast all your cares upon me. And once you cast all those cares upon me, just let it be. You know, the Beatles sang a song called, Let It Be. And I just want to change one of the verses. I'm not going to sing it today, but I'm tempted to. You know the melody. Let it be, let it be, let it be, oh, let it be. Here's the change. In here is the answer. Let it be. In here is the answer. Not only in here, but in here. Oh, hallelujah. 
And just like Mary said, be it unto me. When you let it be, you can be like Mary and say, be it unto me according to your word. Some of you are going to be singing that song this afternoon. And here is the answer. Be it unto me according to your word. From Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 from the living, today's living Bible says this. Don't worry about anything. Anything? Yeah, anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So listen very carefully. Peace in us is undisturbed in the middle of some very disturbing things. And there's some real disturbing things going on in the world. But this peace will pass your understanding. It will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. Choose this Christmas that you are going to be carefree. Here's what Isaiah told us. Isaiah said this, that you will guard and keep us in perfect peace and constant peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I encourage you to stay your mind on him. Guard your soul. Brenda and I were having coffee the other day and I was thinking about some words that kind of will be catchy and some phrases that you'll relate to. When you guard your soul, that means you don't allow yourself to just go there. I'm just not going to go there. Now, wherever there is for you, you know where there is. And I say by the word of the Lord, just discipline yourself not to go there. Because every time you go there, it's not a good thing. So don't allow yourself to go down Bummer Boulevard, Anxious Avenue, Stressed Out Street, Depressed Drive. But stay on Blessed Boulevard, Winner's Way, Dominion Drive, Laughter Lane, Shout Street, Dancing Drive, and Authority Avenue. (laughs) It's your choice. If you want to have an awesome holiday, and really if you want to have an awesome life, make sure that you don't allow yourself to be overloaded. Remember Martha was overloaded when Jesus came to eat? Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are distracted and overly occupied about many things. But Jesus said, there's only one thing that is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. Martha, being overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And this is the problem for too many people. Too many irons in the fire. Too many projects. Let me give you some good pastoral sound advice today. Be selective. As to how you expend your spiritual energy. And don't, don't, afraid, don't be afraid to say no. There's a whole lot of things you can do to reduce some of the demands on your life and time. Everyone say peace, peace. For, the for the holiday pace. So my encouragement to you this morning is pace yourself. 
People have a tendency to overextend themselves and to commit to doing more than they possibly can in the limited time that they have. Don't take on more than you can comfortably handle. Can I say this? Stop trying to be Superman or Superwoman by doing it all yourself. If you want to have peace for the holiday pace, get in community. Come to service tonight. Come to the candlelight service. Be in church and be all there. Don't isolate yourself from other Christians. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us this. That we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but we are to exhort one another and so much more the more because the day is approaching. Just make a list. Somebody says, I don't have any money. You don't need to have a lot of money to have a good time. We're doing free dessert tonight. Come on, raise both hands and say free dessert. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Make a list of all the things that can be enjoyed at Christmas. There's light displays, there's church services, there's community plays. Partake of some of these things. Be proactive. Don't wait for something to happen. Be a man or a woman that goes out and makes things happen. And then don't accept this victim's mentality. You know, you may be experiencing some circumstances you wouldn't have chosen. But there are things that you can do to make the holidays better for yourself and for others. Reach out to other people. Make it a point to be with others. Reach out to an old friend that you've lost contact with. Just make sure it's not an old boyfriend. (laughs) Find a way to serve. Find a way to help others. One person said this, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I know, the only ones among us who will be really happy are those who have sought and found a way to serve. Get hooked. Stay hooked. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Don't allow yourself, like I said earlier, don't allow yourself to go there. Don't cling on and hold on to the past. Don't focus on yesterday. Today is a new day. Come on, everybody. Shout it. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And today is a new day. Perhaps you've heard of Sparky Anderson. He coached the Detroit Tigers for years. He said this, I've got my faults, but living in the past is not one of them. There's absolutely no future in it. Dr. Warren Worsby said this, You do not move ahead by constantly looking in a rear view mirror. He said this, I love this, this is wisdom. He said, The past is simply a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. We must learn from the past but not live in the past. 
Paul said it this way. Forgetting those things which are behind. And I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. This is wisdom for the holidays. This is wisdom for you to have and to enjoy Christmas peace. You have people all around you that don't know peace. They don't know the path of peace. They don't know how to find it. But you know what? You've been on that path for years, haven't you? And you can guide them and you can lead them toward that path of peace. You know, the other day there was a a man that uh, I had played basketball with for a few years and we kind of work out at the same club. I have a lot of connections at the club and I talk about Jesus there quite a bit. And he said, can I ask you a question? I had told him we just got back from Africa and we had a great time. And he says, isn't God beyond us? Isn't he out there beyond the spirit world? I said, no, God is a spirit. And I said, he's recreated you. He's created you as a spirit being. What he was trying to get at is there's many ways to God. And I just talked to him about Jesus Christ being God's son and that he is the only way. Amen. Somebody say, did he, did he get down in the locker room and pray? No, but he's thinking. He's praying. And you don't necessarily need to pray the sinner's prayer with the person on the spot. It might start with you baking him some cookies. It might start by you just letting them know that you're praying for them and you're believing God with them. You see, words are seeds. And there are words of peace that God will give you to speak into another person's life. There's some words of encouragement that you can say over your loved ones. There's some words of grace that will proceed out of your mouth. And you know, something about this peace in you And this prevailing peace and His presence in your life, you're a container of it. You're a container. You carry peace. Now what does that mean when you carry peace? That means wherever you go, when you walk into a situation, people ought to sense there's a difference. When you walk into the environment of the workplace, there ought to be a difference flowing through you. It's the peace of God. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, being the Prince of Peace, when the disciples were out there being tossed and fro by a great, great storm, they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And they woke him up. And the Prince of Peace stood up and said, Peace! Be still. And as a result of what he spoke over that situation, the scripture says there was a great calm. Now you may not ever go to the Sea of Galilee and have to say, peace, be still. But you will be in some stormy situations in your life. And I'm telling you, you can let the Prince of Peace rise up on the inside of you. And you can let this peace cause stillness in the circumstances of your life and in those around you. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's raise our hands and thank Him for His Word. Thank Him for the peace that prevails over all situations. 
in the name of Jesus. Let's stand up, everybody. Let's raise our hands. Let's stretch a little bit. Amen. Now we're going to go into the next hour of teaching here. Just kidding. <laughs> Glory to God. Raise your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for the message preached today. I welcome it. I receive it. And I cast all my cares, all of my anxieties over on you. You said in your word to be careful for nothing, to not have any anxiety about anything at any time, but to pray about everything. So I pray right now. And I ask you, sir, to minister to my life, to minister to my loved ones, to minister to my physical being. Thank you for ministering to my finances. Lord, I just thank you right now. And I believe that I receive what I pray about. And now I give thanksgiving unto you. I'm thanking you this morning. I'm praising you today because God is turning things around and things are getting better and life is getting brighter. I am carefree. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't have a care. How about you? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus spoke words of peace. In God's word, there's healing. So if you desire healing in your body today, I want you to raise your hand right now. And I want people all around you just to say peace in the name of Jesus, wholeness, health, healing, flowing through. Go ahead and put your hand on the people next to you and pray. And let's believe God together. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. <clears throat> yes, Lord. Be it unto us. Be it unto me. Be it unto me, Lord. According to your word. So be it, so be it, so be it. That's what the word amen means. It means so be it. I'll tell you what I sense and tell you what I see. <clears throat> I sense and see restoration. I see restoration for people's bodies but I also see restoration for your loved ones let's pray for our loved ones just for a moment or two let's bring our supply for our loved ones Father in the name of Jesus just as the prodigal son came to himself when he came to himself he didn't move from you he moved to you Father so we pray for an awakening. <clears throat> Come on, guys, an awakening. An awakening for our relatives. 
an awakening for our loved ones. Lord, I pray for my nieces right now. I believe I can have faith for my nieces, Lord. I pray for my nieces in, in, in Minnesota, and I pray for my niece out there in Connecticut, and I pray for my nephew there in Phoenix, Father. Just call them out right now. Just let the Lord know you're praying for them. In the name of Jesus. Oh, prekeshtamanaya. We bind you, devil. You take your filthy, rotten, stinking hands off of them right now. We pray for laborers, Lord. We pray for laborers to go across their path. I pray for Don, Lord, who's battling cancer in his body. Just call your neighbors. Call your friends out right now. Go ahead and pray for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, brekishte mandaya. Hallelujah. Let there be light in their lives. Everyone shout, restore. Oh, restore. Oh, makeshe brande. Restore. Restore. Yeah, restore. Yes, Lord. Restore their relationship with their father. Just like the prodigal of old. Oh, thank you for restoration. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is in me. And you are the hope. You are the expectation of glorious manifestations. I ask, sir, for glorious manifestations in my family, in my body, in my loved ones. Now I'm expecting it. I'm believing it. And Lord, I'm thanking you ahead of time for it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. People coming. People coming. Lost being saved. Lives being restored. Bodies being healed. Oh, I speak life to your soul in Jesus' name. Life to your mind and your will and to your emotions. Life in Jesus' name. Life in the name of Jesus. Ooh, glory to God. I think we ought to worship just for a moment.